for me, it's just um, breath, breathing techniques. I go through my breath, stay in a calm headspace. I know I have full faith that I can get the job done and I just stay calm. I think the calmer you stay, you control your adrenaline, you have a better outcome, focus-wise. That's our guest, Connor Green. Connor Green is an American baseball player, now a free agent, who has played for the Baltimore Orioles and the Los Angeles Dodgers. Connor was drafted by the Toronto Blue Jays in 2013. I formulate my plan and that goes into my head. I think that's how you start building your confidence. And that's another thing I do. I'll be on the mound and I will actually visualize a pitch blowing out and boom, execute it right after. And that's another piece of the process, but that's, that's more live action, pitch to pitch. But um, you can visualize and, and, and mimic, you know, your brain's muscle memory at that point. I'm Bob Bianchi. At the Bianchi Law Group, LLC, we are a team of former prosecutors who fight the government when they charge our clients with crimes. Our entire legal team is made up of former prosecutors and my partner, Dave Bruno, served with me in the major crime and fraud units. And I'm David Bruno. In each episode of this podcast, Bob and I will interview guests who have faced adversity in their personal and professional lives and find out what mindset they employ to triumph. Now, we seek the truth through real-life encounters and candid conversations with thought-provoking guests ranging from all walks of life. Here, you will find how today's thought leaders in their industries faced immense challenges and adversities with captivating stories, ending in personal triumph, and ultimate success. All being brought to you on Nothing But The Truth Podcast. Connor Green is an American Major League professional baseball player, now a free agent. We began our conversation with Connor Green on what it means to be committed and in it for the daily grind. Connor gives us tips on how to strive under pressure and what it was like to pitch against the middle of the lineup against the New York Yankees. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah, something. I don't remember it, but I, I hit pretty well in high school, definitely. Yeah, of course, that's pretty amazing for a pitcher. So uh, welcome, Connor. Um, and as you know, Nothing But The Truth is a show about the truth of success and resiliency, whether it's through famous great athletes like Connor here or anyone in the community. We try very hard at the Bianchi Law Group, as well as in our radio show, to show people the path to successful people and how they've gotten there, how they've gotten past difficult times. So Connor, uh, thanks for being on the show. Can you, We were just talking just before we went on when you talked about grit and determination and how important that is to success and how many people that you know that are successful are that way. Can give me a little more information about that um yeah i think it's just a commonality between everyone that's successful um when you're starting a new business when you're uh pioneering like a new frontier there's a bunch of new spaces uh, coming out you know now in 2022 2021 but i think it's the um the push pushing through the fear of maybe the success or the failure you're afraid of one or the other potentially and also pushing through the people around you not believing in the same dream you know not believing in you necessarily and only you believe in you so if you put it too much weight in other people's things uh it, that deters you too so i think it's a commonality with grit and determination when i mean my grit is just the uh you're in it for the long haul not necessarily the quick cash grab here you're in it for the daily freaking grind to uh, get to whatever that goal may be yes connor it's funny you you, you speak our language when you talked about um, not being concerned about what other people say. One of the things that we have in our office is, I don't know if you've ever seen it, is that Teddy Roosevelt quote about the man in the arena. 
uh, talking about the person that's actually doing it as opposed to the people in the cheap seats that are talking about all the things that you're doing wrong. Nobody knows better than you. You've literally been in that arena on the field while you have a bunch of fans watching you. Talk to us how you navigate the pressure of, you know, the accolades and then again, the ups and downs of how the public and, and people could be fickle about who you are and critiquing you. Yeah, um, in a critique space um, specifically, you know, respect to the man in arena, let alone failure or success, right? Immediately for stepping in the arena, you earn respect in my opinion. But I think from a critique standpoint, you can't judge your, your actions, your, yourself. We all make mistakes. We all have uh, ideas that may not flow through and uh, manifest into something great. But if you act upon it, uh, you, you gain knowledge out of it. And I'm just talking failure wise. So, you know, when you're failing, I, I speak on a baseball field because uh, you fail seven, you, you fail seven out of 10 times as a hitter, you're a hall of famer. You know what I mean? So you gotta, you almost have to get acclimated in, in understanding with failure and that you, you can't judge yourself for making a bad move. You just move on. You learn from it and continue moving on. And, and, and that's how I deal with critique. That's how I deal with someone critiquing this. It's all, well, I learned from it. There's nothing to critique anyway. You know, I critique taken uh, next, next venture, next uh, pitch. Right. You, you also mentioned the fear of success. So you've been the first one on our show. We've had a lot of great guests that have talked about the fear of success. What do you mean by that? I think the anxieties, natural anxieties that go along with, uh, any, anything, um, the jump, the, the fear of the jump, you know, jumping into this, uh, new realm, jumping out on the mountain and, and giving your vulnerable self to the world here. Right. So I, I think that's a, a fear in what comes with the success potentially. Right. Yeah, definitely. So talk to us. What was it like to be drafted? You went right from high school. You got drafted. Tell us what, what it feels like to be in an environment like that. Yeah, I was 18. Um, I wasn't the best at school. You know, I, I put forth my efforts towards baseball. I knew I was a professional. Um, so it was, it was, a, it was exactly what I wanted to happen. It was, I wouldn't say it was a dream come true because it was just right along the path of what I wanted to, to happen with my career. And, uh, it was awesome. I was very pumped and I was ready to get to work. And they sent me to Florida like two days after I signed and we got to work, you know, and that, that was the beginning of my developmental, my seven year, seven season developmental path to the major leagues. And I have an interesting path because it wasn't that necessarily easy. And we'll get into it more further questions, I'm sure. But yeah. Yeah, well, actually, I was going to, you, 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 you segued it good for me. I was going to ask you, like, what, would, what did that path look like and what obstacles were you confronting along the way? Yeah. Okay. So, um, I'm 26. I will, I'll be 27 for next season. So I, I'm still pretty young, uh, in the scheme of things, but it is like dog years here in baseball. I feel older because I signed out of high school. You know, I've been in the game for a while, but there's a lot of levels, you know, there's seven levels of, uh, minor league baseball. Now it's changed since the new things, but, um, and it weeds out, it weeds a lot of guys out, whether you had not have the talent, uh, alone then there's the headspace to handle the pressures of competing against uh your peers uh your friends and your peers on your way up though even though we're on the same team in the minors we are trying to get to the ultimate 25 man roster and pitch for the bigs for this team so there's a dynamic with that um and just the uh, failures of long seasons you know and dealing with that so i think my my seven-year process was uh 
one level at a time. I went 18, 19. When I was 20, I jumped two, three levels, but then I stayed at double A for quite a while. I bounced around different teams. But what was great about that, that this development in these innings is I was logging tons of innings. You know, I've thrown almost a thousand professional innings. And, and that just gave me repetition. So, yeah, I got a lot in. So, yeah, four different teams. Yeah, when you were coming up in, in high school and through, through your career all the way to the majors, you, you must have seen people that were very talented, but weren't able to make it um, because maybe their mindset wasn't right. Can you talk to us a little bit about your observations there? It's not easy doing 14-hour bus rides and then playing a night game and then getting done at 12 and having to, you know, bus out of there again and, and repeat. It's not easy, you know, giving up time with your family for eight months and not seeing people that you love and care about for nine months out of the year, you know. And then devoting yourself to training for the next two months. Yeah. So it's not easy doing uh, failing over and over again, going over 40 and not having like a chance, like feeling like you can't even throw a strike maybe or get a hit. So those are the mental times when, in my opinion, you dig into your why. Why am I doing this? What is my purpose behind this? And what am I looking for out of it? And if you find your why with it, in my opinion, you can push persevere through all this. <laughs> and uh, I'm curious, what about those who were willing to put the time commitment in and had the talent? Did you ever come across those who just wouldn't accept critique or criticism or want to improve themselves and just basically um, just got to a point where they be, the, the owners or the managers became exhausted and, and let them go? Yeah, in baseball specifically, I've known guys that have just had the most talent in the world, but they can't get their together or they can't tone it in on the field you know there's some guys with talent that uh don't have the it factor when pressure gets when it gets real and the lights really are on you know some guys don't deal with that pressure as well as others and that's a trainable thing and i've been like lucky enough to work with a lot of specialists in that um aspect uh mental training and like focus and uh being present and breathing controlling your breathing in these huge moments but um and other guys have that it factor but they may because they had that it factor their whole career it may have been easy in high school now it's easy in the minors and it's kind of got to the big and they don't have the same work ethic so when you find a balance of the two that's when you just meet the greats you know you see the best in the in the game yeah yeah who, who in your mind that you've encountered or you know from your history of looking at it had that great mindset not just the talent but just had an amazing mindset uh, that you emulate yourself after i think anyone with um 10 years plus in the major leagues or even, you know, uh, a, a significant amount of time in the major leagues can, um, it has that and emulates that mindset that's necessary for doing it because you're in it for the long haul. You're doing the things necessary to, um, to be prepared every year. Someone in particular would be, um, a lot of guys I've played with, uh, fortunate to play with all the blue Jays guys, you know, uh, and all the guys I came up with, Jansen, Romano, uh, Barucki, Tim Meza, these guys, you know, my friends when we were young and now we've come up and they've uh, manifested slash, you know, trained themselves into these amazing professional pitchers, you know, all from their mindset. When we were young and low A, they didn't have that same mindset to go pitch in the big league. Some, you know, some of us were not confident. Some of us were, you have your fears, but it's a trainable thing. Was there anyone when you were growing up that you admired, was a, that you were a particular fan of, that you emulated yourself when you were just a little ball player? Well, who was your childhood idol? 
You know, um, it was really, I just spent a lot of time in the batting cage and on the field with my pops. And I, I didn't watch a lot of sports. I would say anyone on the Dodgers back in like 2009 and eight, um, like Andre Ethier and like Russell Martin and them and like Matt Kemp. But for me, I, I didn't have an idol. I just love playing sports. I loved uh, just getting out there and getting, getting after it, you know, with my pops. All right. Awesome. We're talking about resiliency and nothing but the truth of success. This man right here, David Bruno, he was just involved in a head, a, a pretty much a head-on collision with a car going the wrong way on a one-way street. Airbags deployed, got out of the car, and instead of going to the hospital, not saying this is a good idea because I think he should go. He wanted to be here with Connor and make sure that he was able to do the interview. <laughs> that is what I call tenacity. Dave, uh, let me just say uh, hello to you and congratulations on surviving something like that. Yeah, I I mean, oh man, glad to be here, honestly. Uh, scary anytime you're in a car accident, but you know what? I was able to get out and uh, got checked out by the ambulance, and I'm feeling good enough to come here. Uh, Connor, thank you for joining us. I'm sorry I missed the first half, my man. Dude, that's uh, ridiculous. I can't even believe that you uh, made it second half here. You got it. Let me, let me jump out, and if I ask a question that's already been covered, just let me know. Listen, here's what I want to know most. I mean, this season, and first of all, I saw you at Yankee Stadium, man. That must have been a dream come true to begin with, right? It absolutely was. It was crazy. I can't, it was, I can't even describe it. And coming up in that inning, um, you, you had to come in in the middle of uh, you know, the game. It wasn't a starter position. And I saw you out in that bullpen, and you had to, you had to throw, and, and you got to wait out in that bullpen. So tell me mentally, how do you come from that bullpen when you come into a game, either in the middle of the inning or in the middle of a game, how do you get that mindset right to come up against players like Judd and that whole Yankees team that you did on that day? Yeah, I think it starts uh, the beginning of the year, spring training. I think it's a complete mindset, a headspace you're in throughout the season, you know, uh, to step up there right now. It's a whole different uh, vibe. So I think you build this headspace, this confidence, um, this uh, reliability, not only in your physical, because now you've thrown enough pitches on the year to know where your slider is going to go when you throw it, but uh, uh, a conviction in what you're doing and what you're and how you're going about it. So, but specifically on that day, right? I'm in the pen before the, uh, it's going again. I feel like I. They told me I was going to face Judge. It was like the fifth or sixth inning or something, and I was getting ready for Judge. So what I would do is uh, I, I begin my uh, little mental process. It's a, it's a routine that everyone goes through. Some guys stare at the wall. Some guys stare at their feet. Uh, some guys just do crazy stuff. But uh, for me, it's just um, breath, breathing techniques. I go through my breath, stay in a calm headspace, I know I have full faith that I can get the job done, and I just stay calm. I think the calmer you stay, you control your adrenaline, you have a better outcome, focus-wise. Wow. Wow. Um, any, tell us about the preparation going into something like that, too. I mean, do you watch film on your opposition? I mean, what, what types of preparation do you, do you do going into a game like that? It used to be you'd have to watch film, you know, the night before and stuff. But now with iPads and how, you know, if we're in the future, I'll sit there and watch every pitch I've ever thrown to Aaron Judge before I go and throw it to him. I'll watch every slider low and out he's ever swung at. I'll watch every fastball inside he's ever swung at. And uh, I can see it right here on a nice little platform. And uh, 
I formulate my plan and that goes into my head. I think that's how you start building your confidence. You know, when you, when you're a skydiver and you're building these base jumping resume of jumps, you know, each one adds to your confidence for the next one, I'd imagine, you know, or you do something and you, it makes you more comfortable for the next time. So after you see, you can, you can literally visualize yourself. And that's another thing I do. I'll be on the mountain. I will actually visualize a pitch low and out and boom, execute it right after. And that's another piece of the process, but that's, that's more live action pitch to pitch. But, um, that you can visualize and, and, and mimic, you know, your brain's muscle memory at that point. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious, when you do those techniques and you talked about other techniques that people follow in order to kind of get themselves in the right mental space, uh, we, it's funny, there's not much of a difference in how we are as trial lawyers when we're preparing to get up there. It's, it's, it's a very um, emotionally difficult, if you will, or a very rough environment mentally. Um, but, but nevertheless, you still have that adrenaline that's pumping. I mean, do you still feel it, but you're able to control it? Or are you at a point where you just don't feel it at all? Well, I think like, you know, you've done your preparation, right? You know, the, you know, the case, you know, the, the ins and outs of what's about to go down. Um, but if, if you, if you get too adrenaline up, try to seize the moment too much or try and do too much, you may, uh, you know, go overboard on some end. If you're, if you're too scared about the moment or two, you go, you get tight and tense and, and you can't spit it out, you know? So I think it's a relaxed state of mind you need to be in. I call it the flow state. I think a lot of people know about the flow state and it's, uh, it's, uh, yeah, I, I kind of forget your question, but that's what sparked me. I think there's a complete relation to being in, in anything when you're on the spot, you know, live action, when it's live, it's, uh, you can produce. Yeah. I've, Really, Connor, I've kind of like uh, I, I teach a lot of trial lawyers, and um, I, it's funny when I first my, tried my first jury trial, my heart was beating so hard when I was up in front of the jury on the opening statement. I literally couldn't hear the words coming out of my mouth. I was told by the judge I did a very good job, but I couldn't really remember. But I instead of trying to get people to when I've taught trial lawyers afterwards, um, I've, I've made a point of this isn't an environment in which it, you will be quote unquote nervous or anxious. That's okay. You have to learn how to control that nervousness and that anxiousness and use it to your advantage. Absolutely. So, and and what is nervousness and anxiousness though, right? That's a future. That's we're scared of the future at that moment, right? But when you're on trial, you're in the present and those feelings dissipate and now you're in this moment, right? So people pitching, right? I, I'm people are scared and you may let your fears, the New York Yankees, big name, bop, boppers on that team, you know, they rake. But it's your headspace about it. Why can you cross a, a balance beam at two feet tall and you put it on top of a bridge and now you can't do it, right? Between two buildings. It's, your, it's, it's how you control your perception of what's going down at that moment. I think that's so true, so important. Yeah, it's a good example too. You know, Connor, you're a baseball player in the major leagues, top of the, top of the game. Um, but you also have some other ventures, right? Can you tell us about some of the other things that you do and the business mentality that you have? Yeah, I think, you know, baseball is a good uh, avenue to uh, meet great people and, um, and then further yourself. Uh, baseball is not forever. I have a short window here. I'm going to maximize it. 
I'm gonna play it through and play as long as I can. But uh, I'm starting a clothing brand instead of just a normal brand with myself called Retro Tourist. Go check it out at Retro Tourist on all the social medias and RetroTourist.com. Also, I'm starting a finance management for athletes because we have such a small window. We are preparing like we're 50 something, 60 year old men for retirement at the age of 26. Mm. And uh, so we're preparing guys for the long run here and how to make money work for them and uh, last for them and not necessarily satisfy this uh, uh, flavor we want right now. So it's that, that's called Life Unlocked. I'm partnering with Mark Tenenbaum, incredible finance guy. I, lo- I love it. F- uh, money management for athletes. Connor, how about criminal defense for athletes, brother? <laughs> you know, literally. And we, I want to talk about this a lot, too, because, look, I see athletes getting in trouble in the press. And we're out there for, for people, you know, hard hitting trial attorneys at the Bianchi Law Group, ready for anybody in the MLB, NHL, NFL. Bring them on, Connor. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe we do a collaboration here. We'll talk about it off uh, screen here. Even if you are prepared, things do happen that you can't control. So, yeah, you know, Connor, it's funny. When, when I was the prosecutor, we have uh, the New York Jets training camp in my county, and a lot of uh, professional athletes lived in the county. And it would always kind of surprise me that with all that they were worth and the value to the team, um, they walked in the courtroom with people that weren't even from the state or weren't really, you could tell, very sophisticated trial lawyers. So to your point about financial management and money management, it seems like, to me, and I could be wrong, correct me, that they kind of like, you know, it's understandable. They work you out for what it is that you do. You're a great athlete, but they're not concerned um, most the team, the business, whatever, about what your long-term goals and future are once you're out of baseball. Is that why you started that financial uh, that, that is why my partner, Mark, he saw the, uh, the need for it in the industry because agencies represent you in a lot of ways, and some do have finance guys, but they, they outsource, you know? And so we're just trying to bring one that's close to home, made by players, some players, and, <laughs> and just something that, I understand how it goes down in the minor leagues. You know, I've, I've made 8,000 a year for six years before, you know, I've, I've done this thing. So I, I think I have a more of an insight than somebody may try to manage your books that like, uh, just has zero insight on like how actually hard it is and how devoted you really are and the, the taxes it takes on your family, you know, the tolls. So yeah, it's important. Talk about who do you look up to? Um, I saw a recent post today congratulating David Ortiz from his induction into the Hall of Fame. And I know that was one person you looked up to in the baseball world. But, Connor, who else really uh, put a stamp on your life and and had an influence on you? I respect and look up to anybody that's doing it at a high level, pursuing their dreams with ambitions and and not taking uh, these... uh opinions not taking opinions to heart anyone that's just pioneering their own path you know i I respect and look up to it's not one person big poppy was an incredible player so uh i have a tremendous amount of respect for him he was on the red sox when they were nasty and they were the team obviously and uh and everyone's you know practices fakes his swing but i look up to every major leaguer doing it i look up to every young kid out here grinding on, on the basketball court, trying to make some of themselves or some kids studying up, you know, I just look up to the ambition, like the, the person doing it, you know? Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, listen, unfortunately, Dave, that's uh, about all the time that we have. But Connor, I want to thank you so much 
uh, for the great wisdom and insight that you've given us on WMTR's Nothing But The Truth every Saturday at 1030. Dave, we got some other great guests that are in the queue coming up, including Chris Hansen from uh, To Catch a Predator and Shannon Bream from Fox News, who's also a very interesting author. I think Connor would really like the tragedies and difficulties she's gone through in her positive mental state and perspective that a lot of people wouldn't know if they watched her on TV because, like Connor said, she knows how to put it in perspective and mindset. So, Connor, thank you so much for your time, buddy, and best of luck going forward. We'll be hey, in touch. Thank you, guys. Anytime. It was a pleasure. Okay. Good luck, you. Connor. Awesome play by Connor Green. We want to give a huge thank you to Connor. Thanks, buddy. I loved when Connor talked about the flow state. He said, quote, if you're too scared about the moment, you get tight and tense and you can't spit it out. I think there's a relaxed state of mind you need to be in. I call it the flow state. I think a lot of people know about the flow state. Yeah, I think it's a complete relation to when you are on the spot. When it's live, you can produce. End quote. You've been listening to Nothing But The Truth podcast with me, David Bruno, and my law partner and host, Bob Bianchi. We are two former prosecutors and media personalities. If you've enjoyed this episode, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave a review and share this podcast to anyone that would benefit from these stories of rising from adversity and thriving for ultimate success. For more information on this interview with Connor Green, see the show notes of this episode in your podcast app or visit nothingbutthetruthpodcast.com for more information and new episodes all in one place.